Welcome to the Event Room, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. What is going on, the brew crew? This is your man, Will Curran from Endless Events. This is Nick Borelli from Borelli Strategies. And this is your lady, Tui Deep with PRA Business Events. And today we have an exciting topic. Before we dive into it, though, let's talk a little bit about our brews and what's in our cups. Nick, what do you got going on in your cup today? Coffee number three. Like third cup of coffee, or is that third, like a brand? Number third three? cup of coffee. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's uh, classic Rose Folgers, the most generic uh, dad coffee you can drink. But I'm on... Uh, I'm on ounces, uh, I want to say, so like 20 ounces times three. So, yeah, the last 20 ounces of a 60. So a gallon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to roll. So uh, Nick's going to be talking as fast as Will. Tui, what you got going on in your cup? Same old, same old. Just my organic yogi green tea with some organic honey in it. Nice. And today I'm drinking a white coconut cream tea. I don't know if I've talked about this tea at all. Got yes, from Art of you tea. have. I have. Okay. Cool. Yes. And we make it's everyone's. Fa- it's everyone's favorite tea. Um, and I, I just, I'm currently brewing the last batch of it, so it, it will be gone, and I'll have to order more soon. So, well, thank you guys so much for being so transparent about what you guys are drinking in your cups today. Oh, yeah. What are we talk? Okay. What are we talking about today on the show? Should I just explain it? No, I'll say I'll, it. Pricing yeah, transparency. Right. And then you can explain all right. it. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I, I want to put my stake in the ground. We haven't talked about this fully in terms of pricing, but we did do an episode on transparency um, on event icons, which we will link into the show notes um, for you to check out. We talked generally about transparency and its need um, in the events industry. But we wanted to specifically talk about and debate out pricing transparency. Um, and I, you know, especially in the AV world, I feel like we are the most... I'm not saying we like as if I'm an offender, but the AV industry is the one of the most notorious when it comes to poor pricing transparency. So I figured it would be good to do an episode on this. Um, and I know we all have different opinions and thoughts when it comes to this, or maybe we don't. Who knows? I guess you'll have to listen to the episode and find out. So where are we at? Do we want to each state where what our opinion is of in one sentence when it comes to pricing transparency? Is that possible? One sentence. Ooh. One sentence. So I'm I would say, of, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm of the Aaron Kaufman school of pricing transparency. That's my that's my sentence. What was that? What? Can what you define that, that? I don't I have to give a sentence that elicits more sentences, you know, like I'll I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll leave there. But uh, I'm used to using subject lines that make you want to read more. Um, so I've I've done a number of presentations with uh, my friend Aaron Kaufman. I've seen him speak, you know, all over the world. Uh, and uh, one of the things that he talks about a lot is pricing transparency. And he he converted me to this, which is one hundred percent open book 
transparency where you show every dime that you're spending with your suppliers um, and someone else could uh, purchase their um, their services at the same price. Uh, it's like they're straight pricing. Um, if he gets any kind of discount or anything like that, he lets them know in in uh, writing on every contract that that is a thing that could happen. Uh, it's it's you know his business between them and uh, him as far as if he gets any kind of discount over using them you know lots of times. Uh, but ultimately, the prices are no different listed than what someone else could purchase them from. Uh, and so therefore, they know, but they can do the bachelor's math and know how much money he's making then yep, too as well. For sure. Yep. Uh, less okay. less the discount uh, for that and what that means uh is that he is like everyone else in the uh in the business world he is charging for his expertise and his time uh and he's transparently doing that uh like a an interior designer would do uh, when designing a room um he is doing the same thing with a designing a room for an event Ooh, right. This is gonna get juicy then. All right. Oh, by the way, so yeah, in that different. in oh. those presentations, um, he's had people um, walk out of the room and yell at him. Oh, well, oh, interesting. Also, no surprise there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, don't people just stance. yell at Aaron even if they just look at him? Period. If he doesn't get that, he'll, he will <laughs> he will work towards getting that. Uh, but I've seen him get it just because uh, it's such a black and white hard line stance, and he'll go so far as to say anything short of that is stealing. And that's where I get to play good cop and eat popcorn. Ooh, interesting. Tui, what's your I know you got a different opinion. Yes. I <laughs> it's not that I'm anti transparency, but I'm pro uh partner with my supplier partners and I'm wanting to protect our working relationship. And so I'm gonna go into different models in which you do show your pricing, whether that's component pricing, cost plus, uh margin. And I'm also going to discuss why uh, in certain categories, I do not share to the client my the rates that our supplier partners give us for constantly working with them. I'll give them retail rate, but there is this, and I've lost business before um, just standing up for, or the team standing up for not sharing the rate, the rates that, you know, certain supplier suppliers would give us, but there are options that I'm working on them right now where when it comes to like let's say restaurants we will give you just the street rates because we're only just doing a reservation fee and we're going to pass you on directly so yeah it's going to be mm. i'm like mostly on not but there's certain scenarios where i will interesting well i'm probably a little bit a hybrid of both um so in cases where clients are asking me for um, to do something that might be outside like our normal wheelhouse, I might tell them like, look, I'll do this for you and take care of it and manage it for you, but I'm going to put a markup on it. And just so you know, like I'm, I don't maybe tell them the exact number, but I also make sure that they know that like, look, this is, you're probably going to be paying a little bit more, but you're paying for that like, kind of ease of comfort and whatnot. Um, and then, you know, in the AV industry, it's really interesting because we, as the industry sub rents like crazy, everyone rents gear from each other. And I think the AV industry loves to just act like oh yeah this is the price this is the lowest price you'll ever have and you know things like that but then sometimes what also happens is you sell one thing and then you don't realize you're gonna have another event on the same time and then oh man we need to increase the price of this and i've seen a lot of like oh hey we have to charge more for this other item and sneak this price in to cover the cost of another one and i think it's also just because 
um, in the AV industry, everyone wants to kind of commoditize everything in some ways too, where if they see like the price of a projector go up by a hundred bucks, they're going to be like, well, why did it go up a hundred bucks? And you just be like, it just got more expensive. You know what I mean? Like time has passed or whatever it may be. And we'll probably talk about pricing going up after the event, um, at some point. Um, what's interesting is that you guys almost bring up almost like a whole part of the pricing debate, which is the cost sharing debate. I was almost thinking about this in a way too, that like how much of our industry also doesn't tell people what to expect when it comes to price until everything's been quoted out, right? Like we always say like, well, you need to get a quote, you need to quote everything out, right? But how many times do you know that you've called a supplier and they will straight up say, what's your budget? No, we're not a good fit. You need to spend at least $40,000 with us to do that sort of thing. That should happen more. Way yeah, more, I, I think. I get that wait, often. Wait. The way not often, often. Right. Not but, often but you know because at the end of the day people want to make the sale but there's been opportunities where i've bid it out and people have said thank you but due to either turnaround or budget or not being able to source those things or not having it in their warehouse um we're going to decline to bid and i actually respect that i respect that so much Thanks. i wish there was a lot more of uh yeah i you know we're we're overbooked for that period of time you know we, we still want to be your partner i see a lot of people who don't believe that their partnerships are strong enough to be able to um be transparent with the people that are you know their clients uh, internally within the event you know like the people that are sub hiring them um they feel like if they don't t say yes to everything of that person that and try to figure out how to make it happen and then put undue stress that that for some reason that they'll just go to someone else like yes they will use someone else because they need to in that instance but like the idea that they would use somebody else forever with one uh you know one opportunity like that i i, I think most planners are smarter than that i think they you know would value the honesty over you know and not give up the relationship yeah, I, I definitely think that people are always worried that, oh, hey, we're going to lose it by being transparent. But in reality, I think sometimes it be builds an even deeper level of trust. Yeah. And uh, I would definitely agree. So so my question is, like, is there considered, like, w uh, there's a question that I think that we have in our notes that I think is worth asking. Like, when is it considered lying when it comes to your pricing? Like, what's the threshold? Like, because you don't, like, you don't, you hide your markup, like, obviously Aaron Kaufman believes that it's considered lying and cheating if you're, if it's you're hard lying. sharing every detail, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like the most hard line that I've come across. And I'm generally a, um, uh, in, in most things I believe in the gray and that one, like he, it took years, but he converted me to it. Cause I was just like, yeah, you know what? The part that resonated the most with me is the fact that he is uh, standing up for the work that he does. So like basically the transparency is with the client. This is how I make money. It's not the markup. I make money by being paid the work that I do, which is creative work, uh, which should be assigned a dollar amount. Uh, and that's I think that like the real like hard line for me is the fact that too many of us, we we emphasize the commodities of what we do as being the where the most amount of dollar value is assigned to it uh, in some kind of vague way and not enough on all the intangibles that we do. Uh, and I like am in the world where exclusively what I offer events is intangible services. So like when someone is advocating for, you know, the prices of, of intangibility uh, being like, you know, uh, you know, basically assigned dollar values, then I, I'm, you have my attention. So 
that's a cost plus model and that's mm -hmm. like what aaron's doing and what you believe in is the cost mm -hmm. is the straight cost that's yep. like if if a client were to say i want to audit and i want to see your invoices from yep. your supplier partners to your vendors they'd be like no problem able to say okay here you go so just for the audience to know that's a cost plus model and on my end i'll do a cost plus model but i'll give them the retail rate i will never give them the rates in which we pra you know use when we're constantly doing business and they give us a special he does the same thing oh yeah yeah in as much as yeah yeah, okay, so kind of yeah, yeah. the, the prices that would be fully transparent because then no the client it, it's the it's the prices that that any other person would be able to get off the street you know if that client were directly to get those prices that's what it would cost and then the relationships that he has because of being a bulk buyer he states in there that I, there there are ways that I um, you know potentially make more money on uh, because of discounts on these things because I'm a bulk purchaser. But if you were to you know skip me and skip the work that I do and just buy direct from these suppliers, this is what it would cost you. I think it's interesting. Like I I don't know if I would ever share my vendor pricing, but also at the same time though. My stuff's usually very highly technical. So if you know how what gear to order and what specifically you need, how many cables, this and this and that, yep. likely you probably know who all the suppliers are. You know how yep. to source suppliers yep. directly, and you're probably just doing this on your own. That's planning. Um, yeah. Not not design, right? Like the design work, he's we, he gets paid for. He doesn't get paid for. But he gets he gets he gets paid for the the legwork of the planning, right? Like so that's worth something as far as time. Uh, and you know, obviously the bulk buying kind of like pays for that, but yeah, it is, uh, it's murky when you say like transparent, like I still think that's transparent because like, it's not saying, you know, um, I don't know. It's not marking up the prices, right? It's just, he, these are the prices he happens to get discounts. Does that make sense? But would he share that too? He Whatever shares that he gets discounts. He doesn't share oh, that he okay. what the discounts are because those aren't relevant numbers to the clients because the clients don't have the opportunity to have that. And that's the only model he'll go is co is cost plus Correct. retail cost plus. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm in agreement with that. Then, yeah. like when a client requests that, I'll do that, but I'll never give them our our rates. Right, that's not yeah. relevant because that doesn't mean anything to them either. Right, like they could never mm -hmm. get those. That's like between you and your bookkeeper, etc. And the relationships, et cetera. Uh, but I think that like ultimately that's still transparent because he's not marking up, you know, if, if a chair costs $50, if I were to, buy, you know, if the client were to buy it for $50 and he were to say chair $60, then he feels like that's a line, right? Like, because the chair isn't $60, the chair is $50, but there's also a $10 cost that he would put, let's say for, you know, sourcing and design and whatever. Fee. Yeah. yeah, but the, the but the discipline of assigning dollar values to intangibles, I think, is really important because it stands up for, you know, a lot of the majority of the work that we do as creatives. Yeah, and I think it also gives people the opportunity to see what everything that's going in. I think a lot of times, you know, I hate getting those simplified quotes in some ways where it's like, oh, hey, this and this and that, but I'm going to be doing all this pre-production work. I'd rather see a pre-production line and see it, you know, you know, I don't even care. Honestly, I don't even care about itemized pricing. Maybe we can talk about itemized versus like, you know, bottom line pricing. But I just want to see everything I'm getting and know what I'm getting ahead of time. And I think far too often we leave out pre-production, which is like all the work we do ahead of time and design and everything like that. And it should say that like this is part of it, in my opinion. Yeah. It, um, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. My I, Again, like my thing is, is that um, 
you should get paid for the work that you actually do and and inflating the the tangibles isn't what we do you know we we provide you the intangibles if you want to see what that would cost you to do that that's fine here it is but that's not what we do as designers as planners or even in the in the supplier world as 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 creatives you know as for audiovisual like you more audiovisual companies should should assign a dollar value to the creative work that they do, the amount of time that they put in for the, the actual design work and, and creativity uh, and all the other intangibles that are present. And if we all did that, we would find out that we would have unique selling propositions that would be a little bit stronger. You know, you would understand like why I do business with one versus another. And um, we would, all, I think, be standing up for really, you know, the differences between, um, you know, a bunch of people who just take prices and, and inflate them. Like the wedding industry, people don't take it seriously because there's so much of that happening rampantly that they're like, like a cake. You know, have you ever heard that famous thing where like somebody comes in and asks for a birthday cake, they give them one price. Yes. If they ask for a wedding, they give another price. Well, that's, you know, yep. I, I, I actually believe that there is truth in that. What the wedding industry or maybe the wedding cake industry i don't know i think it's rampant i think it's in photography it's in everywhere is that they're not educating their consumer which is albeit difficult because they have an undereducated consumer that the cake is the cake you know the cake for the birthday and the cake for this is ten dollars here's the intangibles uh associated with weddings that cost us more money internally uh or require more skill um, and there's a line item for that. If people did that, then there wouldn't be, you know, a, a miss, you know, the idea that the consumers believe that they're being taken advantage of. So I want to, uh, give you guys a topic that will, uh, maybe we can debate out a little bit. So, um, I, there's this kind of this movement going on throughout, I think all of sales and marketing world that consumers are now more and more educated than ever. And they want to do more of the research on their own before they talk to a salesperson. So the whole idea is like you need to give them more information up front. So that way when they talk to the salesperson, they aren't being sold. They're just buying. Right. And that, you know, for example, look at the car industry. It used to be the gatekeeper to get the price in the car. You had to go talk to a used car salesman, all these things like that. But now, like, you have all these tools where you can look up everything about the car. You know, know the price. know what it, And you go in and you say, this is the price I'm paying and move on. Right. Um so we we kind of are testing this out at Endless, and I want to get what you guys think about this, about like giving more information up front. And one thing that we did is used to be have like the, I think like every company, we had a request for quote button at the top right. to said, click that, give us your information, talk to a salesperson, they demo you. looking at yours now. It's pretty yeah. clean. Thanks. Um, and so we replaced it with a get pricing button. And uh, especially too, I want to know what you think of this. I haven't talked too much about this uh, at all. And, you know, we just kind of put it up and then we're just letting people kind of click on it and see if they use it. But essentially, like we got this question that we have people that come in and ask for one gobo. Like, I just need a gobo. I saw you have a blog post on a gobo. Can you give us this? And we're like, look, honestly, not worth it. Here, talk to a supplier directly. And then we have some people who are coming to us and they're like, hey, I want to do fire festival for ten thousand dollars and we're like we can't do fire festival for ten thousand dollars you know you know what i mean like a big yeah, yeah. big festival yeah, yeah okay. he said then... yes you would be doing fire festival <laughs> yeah exactly yes, exactly so um we cr so we created this page that kind of put like our minimums on here i like that it said like look like i want to start if you want to start a conversation you have to be at least willing to spend this and then also answered a bunch of questions that people always ask like when can you get me a quote how does the promoting process work when can you beat this vendor i have this quote and then I'll take even a further step is that we also as the AV industry are so notorious for um, 
saying you have to talk to a salesperson. We have to build this quote. There's a lot of details that go into it. But a lot of times people, we also get asked probably 25% of the time, hey, it's my first time doing this event. I just need rough numbers to start before we solidify this. And we waste a lot of time building out like initial quotes and things like that. And then they go, oh, you know what? We decide we're not doing the event. We'll come back to it. So we built a calculator. And I admit, like it doesn't have every detail you can possibly have on it that you can basically put in a bunch of you know specs, the kind of questions that we usually ask in order to put out a quote, and it gives you at least a rough number to, to kind of start with. Um, do you guys feel like that transparency level is good, or do you think that we need to put it behind a salesperson more? I want to hear Tui because you're you're gonna. This is you. You're gonna look. She's at, like looking at it right now. She's stuff like, like this, right? Yeah, I know. She looks at stuff like this. She's like, I hate this. I don't think that Tui. I don't, did no. I ask you? Yeah, you did. No. You, you, yeah, you, you did. You did. You did. You did me on the okay. side directly. You said, "Hey, here's the, the link. What do you think?" And I responded, "Is there a deadline? Do you want? Do you need like feedback?" <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did? Oh yeah. And, sure. I, I mean, <laughs> and this I is your like, deadline on air. I'm asking your opinion. I will put it on my to do list. This whole episode has been about that. That's great. <laughs> no, it's okay. So I I liked it. I liked it how it's formatted. I think it's really great for someone that needs to, you know, go on. It's really easy to use. Uh, those were the feedback I gave you. I think, especially out of all the categories, F&B, venue, decor, entertainment, you know, AV is, it's corporate planners, I feel like are the, 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 the brides and, and grooms of the wedding industry, like when it comes to AV, I feel like that's mm -hmm. the one topic where I, I know a little bit about it, but I couldn't go into AV lingo, you know? And so mm -hmm. I like that you did that. I like that you're trying to find a solution. I would say the one thing, and this is one thing that irks me about supplier partners, is I have a template in which I send our RFP, request for a proposal, out. And it's, it's the same thing. It's how I keep organized. It's really detailed and um, it irks me when I send an RFP and an, a supplier partner comes back and says hey can you fill out this for our form instead and mm. I just cannot make time for that but how you did it was really great because it's instant like you get the answers right away right, right? Yeah, yeah, and you're like directing us I mean there's times ideally that I I also when it comes to supplier partner relationships I also need to trust who I'm working with as well. So I do need that human interaction. And a lot of times when I'm in a rush, that's when I'll pick up the phone and I'll say, Hey, totally. walk me through. This is what I need. I don't have time to even write it in an email. Can you send me back the quote? Because we are deadline driven. Nice. I just realized too, we don't have our phone number on this page on this specific page, but we have it on all of our location pages, but I can put like, Oh, would you, I do like to someone directly? Skip, yeah. Skip all this and just give me a call. I do that yeah. stuff all the time and copy because there's people that are just like, yeah, I just, I just need a human being. And you're like, great. You want no zero barriers like, to that. Yeah. And I might think I need something, but you're the expert. And that's why I, I work with a handful of selected trusted supplier partners, vendors, because I know that they're not afraid to say no to we, this is actually what you need instead. Or like, here's something that I know you said that the client is budget conscious. So here you can use this whatever style instead and that will help like that you can't do through and you know via email or via whatever or i'll just take a longer totally totally yeah this is when, it. I, this tiering is super interesting i want to show this to a couple other av people that i'm friends with yeah yeah i mean basically the way we kind of did it is that like we needed we kind of broke it into three categories where it was like so like you kind of mentioned it there like people have different prices for weddings and stuff like that like i didn't want i think i probably need to put some more education and yeah or like clarification because it seems like we're doing we're enhancing prices based on tiers yeah but it was um essentially this idea that like 
for example, concerts and festivals is, I will admit, is not 100% our biggest area we work in. But if you have a very large concert you're trying to do or it's a more corporatized thing, we're a good fit for it. But if you're like, look, I'm comparing you against the local event production company that does a ton of concerts, we're going to lose because we're, we're corporate pricing, we're corporate structure, we're corporate service, things like that. And I know we probably talk about that all the time as a as topic. But one thing that as well is like, social and private events too we want to put a little bit higher uh, of a barrier because we also just don't do weddings and things like that we're looking for higher end but probably some better um messaging i can do on here maybe i'll talk to you guys offline about that too (laughs) (laughs) i worked for two different uh av companies in my life uh one if you call them up and say hey we needed we need one gobo at our hotel on saturday they'd be like yep no problem they would they would yep they would get this is what we use the phrase you know like at the second place i worked at which did not like the the other place that i worked at um (laughs) the other av company i worked at they they wouldn't do anything under fifty thousand. period it just didn't make sense for them so it was getting out of bed fee you know like we don't get out Mm -hmm. of bed under fifty thousand. the other one was like we will take 30 bucks um the the over 50k group did about four times as much uh, in revenue uh, and did one third or one quarter the amount of quote unquote events uh, then now the the company that does the, the one that I was doing the um, you know the single light fixtures um, I think did 2,200 events last year uh, quote unquote uh, and is now creeping in on if not exceeding their revenue of the other group as well so uh, the getting out of bed you know hustle whatever you know just like we'll hump it out for a light thing if you've got the infrastructure and growth plans for it you will crush your competitors doing awful work if your goal is scale Uh, and the reason is is that you're in those hotels no matter what every single day they get a van they're at all the hotels they drop one off here it's never one it's like 12 right 20 but 20 off here 10 off here etc uh, and over time, what you do, and so in catering, this is why caterers have drop-off catering. Drop-off catering makes no money. I mean, there's people that have figured out ways to make it some, make some money, but it's basically a loss leader. Your van is out there, people see your name on it, and you're in those companies' uh, places for lunch every single day, and you're eking out, you know, like s- terrible bottom line revenue, like single percentages. But when they have their big event, guess who they think of? The people that provide their lunch for them every day. So eventually mm-hmm. you start taking over all the big business that you want. It's yeah. it's a long plan. It's a grind and it takes a lot of, but it's also good for seasonal companies. There's a lot of like reasons to do that. Um, so there is like kind of like loss leader type stuff that really can generate, you know, the, the money you want. But those are two different like decisions you have to make. Like, Will, you're squarely in like the second company that I worked with mm-hmm. where you're basically just like, we have a Goldilocks zone. And if you, if you meet those requirements, then we're good fit versus mm-hmm. if you've got some money, you're a good fit. You know, those are two different yeah. models. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say that like. We, I would show a little bit like you're showing all your intangibles here, which I think is, you know, cool. Like people understand that they're paying for those intangibles, that they're like of value. Um, I think that you could you can make an argument of like some kind of like, you know, rough tiering of like the kind of stuff that generally goes with these kind of shows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could, you know, movers and you can get more like kind of like a collection of things that are common for that. So people know that there, there is some tangible assets. But um, the calculator thing is really unique. I mean, um, people really. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Like, uh, I mean, as a I mean, Tui, would you use that if you needed some quick and dirty math? Yeah, I thought it was really an easy platform to use. If yeah. let's say I couldn't 
do it myself or pick up the phone and call someone. Right. And I, or maybe I was in a destination where I wasn't used to, or, you know, like, yeah, I would absolutely, I think that's better than, than let's say, Will saying, Hey, Tui, fill out my template then. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That, that fill out your template thing is super interesting um, that you said it like that. I think that's like very, very important for suppliers to hear. Like you can get really organized in exactly how you want the information to come in uh, in order for you to give the best quotes possible. But like just realize that like it's out of whack. Like you, you're the supplier. You, you're in a they're the buyer. So if they have a system, their system's right. You know, totally. All right, I got so I got a pivoting conversation on po- topic of pricing and transparency. Post event add-ons. Oof. So obviously, a lot uh. of our industry is quote first, and then you get invoice later, right? Yep. Um, and depending on when the invoices are due, sometimes there's always usually an invoice after the event or maybe right before the event. But <laughs> I hear the. Uh, I think the thing that irks me the most, <laughs> yeah, is AV companies who say okay here's our quote here's we're gonna do this and then after the event you get a bill for like ten thousand dollars more and and it's all nothing changed no you know the who, event didn't change at all do you know who that. does it who does it a lot oh. in, like, in in-house companies who oh. um aren't competitive because they don't need to and aren't relationship based because they're not relationship based they're you're forced to work you with have them to use them mm-hmm. yeah yep. so when they bill you companies oh i mean you. use your imagination but <laughs> you know uh there's companies that are more likely to be in those by the positions. way they're a navy company <laughs> yeah yeah of course i mean you know there's companies that are that are more likely to be in there i would you know I, I, the next tier i would say broadly speaking without necessarily naming people because i work with anybody um would be unions you know like they don't care right like it is what it is check this out too what i've also noticed as well uh so i i've had the like i don't like we're just gonna charge you and sneak in like that's a malicious thing but i've also seen the not less malicious one which is they 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 have un unexperienced people quoting the quotes out and they don't do the right scope and they say here's what you need yes you're all good to go and they're under quoting labor they're under quoting the gear things like that and then because of that then someone afterwards is like Oh, dude, you, dude, you underquote. Oh, dude, we're gonna lose so much money off of this. I guess we'll just bill them afterwards. <laughs> like that's a little, like a little bit less malicious than than we're for Barely. sure just gonna like throw an invoice and we know we're gonna absolutely bill them after. Tui, Tui's looking so frustrated. She's yeah. re- well, no, okay. So talking about tra- pricing transparency, and I seriously just said the statement. I've always been taught when it comes to clients, there's no hidden fee. You get exactly. When, when, and that's what we also do when I'm um, talking about like plus cost mo- model, everything is all inclusive pricing as well to our clients. That's including tax, gratuity, plus plus, you know, like all of that stuff is in there. We don't necessarily break it out. We itemize it, but we don't package it so you can see that. And even if it's an estimate, we state that it's an estimate because we do not want to surprise the client at the end of during final invoicing. I think that's if if supplier partners did that to me, I would be furious if they didn't if they weren't transparent and open with, hey, I just want to let you know, pending whatever, like a scenario that's going to happen on the event, you may incur a, a price increase if I just need that at least so we can let our clients know if you were to just invoice me and I'm like, where's this extra $10,000? I'm going to be pissed. Like, I yeah. think that's never work so with them again, unethical. Right? Yeah, I would not work with them again because at that point, you're not being a good partner. We're not yep. being good partners to each other. And it's one thing if it's like no one saw it coming or, you know, 
I wasn't educated on maybe a certain permit or something, but that's why I rely on partners to educate me on that because I know a little bit about everything. I don't know all in one specific category. So transparent pricing in that sense, letting clients know, the end user, that this is, you know, what you get. There's no hidden surprises. Here are some items that might increase or decrease pending, you know, but we just want to be honest and transparent with you in that sense. But if you, if you were just estimating quotes and actually, I feel like I've had that recently where it was just estimates. And I said, I can't go back to the client. Like you're changing my, your rates every other day. And it's not just, this isn't like mom and pop. We're working with big corporate clients and they have to get approval through their leadership, through their procurement team. And that's something that, um, going into transparent pricing that we deal with a lot is, is procurement. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just my feedback on it. But it definitely irks me. Yeah, I definitely I, I think that we need to get to the point where the consumers, the planners, the buyers, everyone needs to hold vendors to a higher standard too. like the fact that I'm a vendor standing my foot in the ground and saying, look, you should be asking your other vendors that we're bidding against that their quotes should equal their invoices like is probably kind of weird because like. Why is a vent like I guess I'm staying the standard and trying to move forward on the AV industry, but you know I just think far too often well, you've that, invested that in good. yeah you've invested in what you do enough that you can project, uh you know a realistic expectations and not lose your business right so like that's that's why you like it's funny I had a bunch of friends who own like tattoo shops and they they advocated for. Uh, more regulation on tattoos and people are like, why do you want to be regulated? And they're like, because I want to get out the bad ones. I don't want to be competing in a marketplace with the, the, the dodgy ones who, who make us all look bad. I want them gone. So I want a higher standards because I'll meet the higher standards anyway, because I already do. And I think that that's where you're at. And, and honestly, for me, like if there was a one sheet of paper that said, here's all the things that could potentially, I mean, you're not going to get all the things, but these are the most likely things uh, that would incur additional pricing. You know, if this happens, then we'll do this. If this happens, we would do this. Just so there would be a separate piece of paper, you know, that I would know that like these are kind of the stressors, um, you know, like so if, if it's like, let's say it's out of town or if there's, you know, a cancellation or whatever it is, just so the person would have an awareness of, of basically the scenarios, like the most likely scenarios where they'd be incurring more cost and a range of what that would be. At least that would be something that, that you could hold on and be like, all right, this isn't too likely. And then you could at least budget for these things that potentially happen. So you're not like, you know, ruining people. Yeah, I think a big part of the communication portion of it too. No, I like that idea a lot. I think that, you know, like if I know it's coming, you know, like I tell people all the time, like when I'm ta- saying quote equals invoice, I'm saying, you know, as long as you don't add additional equipment on site yep. and as long as you give us an accurate schedule and you have like and that schedule does not change. But you know where the you know, creeps could you know. happen, right? Like if, yeah, totally. if, if this flip ends up being, you know, like if I don't get that time, then I need more labor. And if I need more labor, I incur more costs. But I think if you were to like not just say it like that and say, uh, you know, this is a this is a stress point. This is a stress point. This is a stress point. Um, you know, and then they could budget potentially for you know the worst case scenario because that's I think that's what planners are really good at is is being able to see two or three different scenarios at the same time. And I think if you give them that in those terms, I think that it'll resonate. Absolutely, absolutely, man, what a heated topic. 
Who do you think besides AV? We've beat up on AV because you know. Yeah, yeah, because Will's here. We, well, <laughs> and I, I've again, I've seen it too. Uh, and there's a lot. There actually is mom and pop AV companies, so like they can set their own prices uh, and come up with things their own way. So like that's why it exists. Talk, but any other businesses? Just in the events industry, because like I always compare yeah. us to like uh, car repair shops. Oh, you know, God. is like the big one. But then just in the events industry, I mean, like I think DMCs are probably also very notorious. We talk about they're like, on my list. You know, they're managing so many different vendors, and they obviously have to mark things up and make money off of it. Yeah. Right. Um, there again, it's not like they're all bad, but like there is the most amount of. Uh, jazz uh let's say uh in how they price i think in that in that world and i think because there's a lot of flexibility uh and there's a lot of you know uh putting a bunch of things together if you put 40 things together and you you make a dollar on 40 things you know it's a good way to make a living versus the idea that like i believe dmc's real business is that they they are creatives uh, doing creative work and footwork, those two things for on behalf of the client, like that's that's their line of business. That's what they do, and the rest of it is you know opportunities for them to you know take advantage of business relationships. But that's not what they do for a living. Mm-hmm. I know it's like a, I, it might seem esoteric, but it matters to me. I got another good one, probably like design, graphic design work, content oh, design yeah. work, right? Like because. You, a lot of times scope is vague. You don't know where you're doing. But then it also feels like, oh, hey, I'm going to give you this quote. And you're like, okay, good. There but then I don't find. Stupid, though. Like, and, yeah, I'm, look- and I'm one of them. Like, I'm I'm bad. Like, <laughs> like I'll like scope something out. And I'm like, I don't know. Just make it happen. You know, and they're like, well, how long do you think that'll take? And I have to figure out, you know, I have to know them and how their speed for copywriting. Like, I, I manage copywriters, video editors, uh, you know, uh, graphic designers. And I'm like, I have to know their process so well that I don't know it. So it's very difficult for me to scope well i know scope is really hard too and maybe we can always talk about scope versus scope creep at another episode but i'm almost thinking too like the transparency of like how do i know you're about to go over budget in your hours like there's because it sometimes like you know like you're not getting like an invoice like every day saying like i spent five hours on this it's like all of a sudden two weeks go by and boom oh by the way i'm five hours away from hitting budget and you're like oh my gosh we still have so much more work to do this is not okay and you 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 don't have a good idea of pace and things like that too who else do you think is notorious for for lack of transparency and pricing? Um, it's not necessarily, but I would say like decor house, like furniture rentals, things like that. I, sometimes they'll package. So like mm. here's a, la- a lounge vignette. And I like to break it out because then, you know, I have to come back to you and I'm like, hey, they don't want this cl- couch. They want this couch instead. Or they don't want two sofas. They just want one. Then what would the pricing be? And they just lump sum it. And so that's where I need things to be itemized uh, because I don't like sending clients like package pricing. And so it's not necessarily not transparent, but I just need a little bit more detail on what those each item costs. So then I can then turn it into my documents to present to the client. Um, I'm trying to think, though. Because if anything, how I see that, and I'm glad that like we have someone from AV, we have someone from the DMC world, because if a client were to ask, and this is going back to different styles and how you present your pricing, that's just margin. So like what people are saying is not being transparent. We just put basically cost plus is here's the cost, here's a management fee. This is the percentage that the business would be making, my company, you know, Aaron's company. And yep. how I usually do it is margin. That's saying each item is we put our management fee in each single item because in case they take one out, that if it was the other way around, that percentage would constantly shift. That management fee is just, you know, whatever, let's say 20% 
of the to scale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It that would constantly That's fluctuate, logical. and so I'm just trying to think of anything out like people who I think Aaron does that. And then a design fee. So like there is a cost associated with him scoping out how much time it will take, regardless of how many pieces are there, uh, in order to to craft out the design of of taking the goals of the client and turning it into uh, into a tangible event. Um, and then depending on the scale of, you know, the pieces as far as the sourcing, like kind of the legwork aspect of it, that's where it's directly tied to price so like there's there's creative and then there's kind of legwork which in av i think it's fairly analogous right like that you you do design work uh i don't know necessarily if a lot of av companies line item for that um which i think they should and then uh there's there's a ton of there's a ton of work work right like manual labor yeah and the other thing that we kind of suck at in our industry because we don't have you know actual agreements on work like you're guaranteed the business before we even see your creativity it's we're doing a lot of bidding and there's at any point where you can just lose the whole entire program all the hours of putting everything together getting quotes bidding and then they say no thank you that's also like a bummer because you put so much and that's just the cost of doing business in our industry but that's something to also put into play too and um, Nick, you said something in a I'm different me. in as much as like I won't do strategy work of any sort whatsoever um, until I get paid. So like, you know, if someone's like, well, what would you do in order for us to determine if we would hire you? I, I speak in terms of goals and like what would be accomplished and what, you know, what the uh, what we'd all feel like and what we'd all, um, you know, like be empowered with. But I don't tell them I'm going to be doing this, this, this and that because that's what I do. Uh, you know, so it's very, uh, it's very different for me and how I look at that. And it's similar to agencies, right? You're like, you know, there's, they'll do a little bit of creative in, in far as what, what their, their bids will look like when it comes to a marketing agency. But I, they make their money off of the execution. I don't do the execution. I only make my money off the strategy. Uh, so it's different. I feel, I feel like too, like too, you bring up a really good point. Like everyone's afraid that we're going to lose business. And the problem is our quotes are also our plans for how we're going to execute the work. And so the problem becomes that we far too often, like in other businesses, like you get quotes on pricing and things like that, you know, and then you start talking about logistics and then that price evolves based on those logistics on there. And, you know, I'm just wondering like there, I, I, and we've talked about this obviously at nauseum with the, like the, we talked about the the form to- uh, topic of commoditization and everything like that. But I'm thinking like we just, everyone needs to get to the point where it's like, Hey, we got to pay a little bit of money to invest into this, to make it worth the time to put more detail into this work. And you know, all the time when we're doing our quotes, we spent a lot of time making sure that it's, it's a plan. It's, it's, I spent two weeks working on a bit the last two yeah. weeks. So like, I, and I, you know, I bill, it's part of my retainer or whatever, but like, bidding is expensive right and it's a gamble and you win some and you lose some and hopefully your closing percentage and your ability to know which are the right things for you uh allow you to weather that storm and you know make the gambles worthwhile so the gamble is always going to be there Uh, i just think it comes down to once there's a, a line of where you've given creative over to the client before you've chosen i think that you do yourself a disservice like ultimately the best case scenario is that you can say uh here's who we are Here's who's on our team. Here's our win loss record. Do you want us? And like, that's the pitch. Like, the and best I, of the best. It's not everybody, and, but. 
and it might not be yeah for i'm thinking about this too like this that might not be like paying up front for everything because like, i'm thinking like too like you probably have repeating stuff that you've done a hundred times right someone's like i want a vignette and you know exactly what it's going to cost you've done this before right like there's no reason that the client the vendor should charge you to quote that out but like i feel like in some point if you're doing something unique and different that the time it's going to take and say like look this is going to take me a little bit so like for us we're scoping across the country all the time and we're constantly looking at like who who has what inventory what levels is it at what other events are going on simultaneously things like that um maybe easier for people who are a little bit more turnkey in some ways so before i get chopped off my head chopped off for saying like oh hey i'm uh, you know a simple lighting setup needs to be paid for to get quoted out no not probably not um <laughs> till you got you got anything else that we we should uh, talk about when we come to the pricing transparency um I would say the last thing about just pricing and partnering and all that stuff too is don't short yourself. I do this with supplier partners all the time and maybe from my team, I, it could be, look at like, oh, wow, Dewey, why are you doing that? But I'm very like it comes to like ethics for me. It comes to like who I am, who, how I want to do business. Do I want to nickel and dime you? No. Do I have a sales goal? No, I'm not making commissions off, off this. My goal, my objective, my vision through this is honestly, how can I best provide you peace of mind and what the client experience will look like? That's really at the end of the day, like that's rewarding. That's if that gets accomplished. And so supplier partners all the time to win, they'll say, Oh, we'll just like give it to you like for free. And, I just recently had that happen. I said, no, you need to be fair to you. Like do whatever you need to do to make money and not feel like, you know, like regret this because if this is not a, right, the right opportunity, then you shouldn't take it. You know, I'm like very much about that aspect of it too. Cause for me, I know that I'm not going to be when I send out a bid, like, we're not trying to be Walmart. We're not trying to say, here's the lowest price. If a client is so budget conscious, I know to the point where they're doing the research on their own, that kind of stuff, that's like why you hire us is so that we can take that off your plate. We can, you can get that time and energy back. And so like we, I don't know, I guess I would say we, there's, you have to look at everyone that's in the partnership too and if it's just the right fit at that point like whether that's meshing with um, personalities or the goals like everyone's goals are in alignment because there's sometimes when we'll just turn down opportunities because we for x y and z and so please don't be afraid to do that also don't be so hungry where you're like kicking yourself in the foot at 2 a.m still working on things or you're not feeling like respected back that's something that's also really important too at the end of the day like your uh that isn't worth it maybe once in a while just to get it so then you could get opportunities um nick i think it was you that said you know or no was it well the two the two options it was nick where mm -hmm. people would actually grab the 12 gobos and they'll take on that business so know if you have the resources in order to get that done is it sustainable and then choose from there but yeah i would just say that's like a little tip as we were talking about this in our industry we're all very knowledgeable in what we do we all know different ways in which we um do business and choose wisely preach well i think that'll do it for this week's episode of uh of event brew yeah that was yeah. like incredibly awesome guys seriously i hope uh you guys had a great time nick tui thank you so much for uh, joining me down this wonderful golden road of pricing transparency um fantastic topic um and thank you to um everybody listening as well 
You guys are awesome. My brew crew, our our brewers. What is, what's all our slang that we get get from the brew crew, brewers, the spilling the tea, spill the tea spillers, the <laughs> coffee throwers, the monster, Gatorade, the the monster chuggers. <laughs> Thank I you want guys Nick to have a whole entire ones. fan base at the end. <laughs> like, oh, a bunch of unhealthy, wired people. <laughs> like, Sounds I want to get trolled for saying something that I, I disagree with Nick on, and then all the monster monster people come after me. <laughs> all the monsters come out. Well, but we'd love to know too from everybody on the audience what what do you, what's your opinions on pricing transparency? Is there some way you do something different? Is there some tip that we missed, or something that you believe in that you wish we that people would do better when it comes to pricing transparency? Where do you see the future of pricing transparency in the industry? Let us know the best way to reach us. You can actually email us at eventbrew at helloendless.com. You can use hashtag eventbrew on social media, on all your favorite platforms. We're there. Tag us, and we'd love to hear from you. Also, make sure to head on over to your favorite platforms and you know, rate, review, subscribe, all that sort of stuff. And um, we mentioned a bunch of other episodes we've done on, from the, the commoditization episode to the uh, episode on Event Icons where we talk about pr- transparency in general. Um, we're going to link to all that stuff in the show notes. Head to eventbrew.com to grab that stuff. You know what to do. But thanks, everybody, for listening. Tui, Nick, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we will hopefully see Dustin next week. (laughs) And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Event Brew. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. See you next time on Event Brew.